Good evening, and welcome to my View from the Rim podcast. It's the 5th of April. It's the Wednesday um, before Good Friday. Welcome, and thank you so much for listening. I've been thinking a lot, and I mentioned it, I think, in the last couple podcasts, perhaps, certainly the last one I did. I've been really thinking about um, a talk given by President Russell M. Nelson of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and I know I I mention him quite a bit, and you might wonder why I will go ahead and enhance with the name of the church on that, is because I never know if somebody new might pick up and listen, and so just want to make sure that... Uh, they understand who I'm referring to. Uh, President Nelson gave a talk in October. What is true? And I've, I've mentioned that. I think I mentioned it the last time. But in particular, during this uh, very, very holy season, where we... celebrate the atonement of the Lord Jesus Christ, where we we mourn for his crucifixion, but rejoice that he suffered for us so that we don't have to. And I think about that concept, what is true, and in particular, what's been on my mind recently about this and frequently is so many people that I know and have known that have had testimonies and have testimonies of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That they've felt the confirmation from the Holy Ghost of the truthfulness of the Savior and of his mission. And yet have turned away. Now, I'm not talking about just perhaps if they were members of the church going into inactivity. I'm not talking about that. Because there's a lot of people do that for a lot of different reasons, and many of those reasons have nothing to do with with um, rejecting something that they know to be true. I know it's a little bit of an inconsistency, you know, to say that you understand something is true, but yet you are not following it, which would mean that you're choosing intentionally to not follow it. I know, I get it. I'm a bad person, right? I try not to be a bad person. And I try not to judge others. But my heart really breaks when I see people that not only do they drift away from their belief, but that they perhaps go so far as to to claim that they never believed. 
And for those that listen, in case any of you might fall into a category similar to this, this is not in reference to any individual in particular. I've just seen it too frequently. And, you know, we can contrast that. And I've mentioned this. I've mentioned it last year. I mentioned it probably the year before that. You know, the very same people who hailed Jesus Christ as the Messiah when he entered Jerusalem on Palm Sunday cried out for his crucifixion on Friday. The lead apostle, Peter, the rock, who told Christ just hours before that he would be willing to die for him. Betrayed, well, I'm sorry, he did not betray him. He denied knowing the Savior. So, not a new phenomenon. And while we are warned by prophets and apostles and other leaders that we must have our own testimony and it must be secure. You know, several years back, I taught seminary for a little bit. And we were running out of the end of the year. And we had the book of Revelation or the Apocalypse to go through. And there was no time to really go and give that tremendous book of Scripture the justice it deserves. And while I covered it much more than the little phrase that I came up with, the phrase really does sum up the book of Revelation completely. A bunch of bad things happen, and then we win. Or I guess to clarify, I would say that, or then Christ wins. Because in reality, and we've been taught this by many leaders, you know, Elder Jeffrey R. Holland, who uh, was not at this conference in the past, has said, you know, the game has already been won if, to compare life and 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 such to a football game. You know, the Savior has already defeated death. And this is a true statement. The Savior has defeated death. Not only for himself, but for every one of God's children that come to the earth and receive a body and are born, whether they are good or whether they are not as good, or perhaps they are 
truly evil. Christ broke the bands of death for all. Now there's the first resurrection, the resurrection of the just, which began, truthfully, with the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was the first of those that slept to rise. And because he rose, everyone else will too. By man came death, by Christ comes the resurrection. In Adam, all men die. As Adam, all men die. But in Christ shall all be made alive. And then there's the resurrection of the unjust. Note, or the wicked, note that it's still a resurrection. They will be clothed in a resurrected body. Free from the travails of this mortal existence. And they will be judged, just as all of us will be judged, based on how we lived, based on the law that we had, based on our repentance, based on our ability to have forgiven others, so that we can be forgiven. Christ spent his week after his entrance to Jerusalem. The first thing he did was to cleanse the temple, to drive out the money changers and the, and the sellers of animals that were proclaimed temple-worthy, if you will. And people often get caught up in this concept, especially when you look at it in light of President Nelson's talk, this, this past conference, where he talked about contention not being of God. And people will say, well, Christ certainly contended with those in the temple in the week before he was put to death. And I would say to you, Christ is the Son of God, literally. And he exercises righteous judgment, always. It is given to him to judge, wherein for us, it is given to us to turn the other cheek. It is given to us to forgive our debtors 
so that we can be forgiven. And then the rest of the week, Christ taught in the temple. In fact, in the garden, Thursday night, in the Garden of Gethsemane, he said that he'd been there all the time teaching. Why didn't they take him then instead of coming in, in the night? The unjustness or the injustice imposed upon the Lord Jesus Christ by the Jews. And I, by the Jews, I should say the Jewish hierarchy. The people did what they were told to do. Sound familiar? But that's a discussion perhaps for the lib. Every day, Pharisees, Sadducees, lawyers, scribes, while Christ was teaching, came and tried to trip him up. Contrast this to the 12-year-old Christ listening and teaching in that very temple where the scholars listened to him and he learned and taught. And yet, here in the last week of the Savior's mortal life, they come not to teach or even to learn, but to beguile, to attempt to ensnare the Son of God. He taught, he listened, he healed. all in his house during that last week of his life. Tomorrow, the Thursday, would be the time that he sent his disciples to, to get an upper room and to secure what was necessary to celebrate Passover. Knowing full well, perhaps not appreciating the depth of the despair and anguish that he was going to feel, the pain, but knowing fully that his mortal ministry was coming to an end and that the time literally was coming that the price of our agency, our ability to choose, our ability to learn, 
the difference between good and evil. The price for all of that was about to come due. And there's no question that he knew that. His disciples did not. And perhaps it was better that way because they, had they known, they would have tried to hide him away. They would have tried to escape, not understanding fully that this is what the Lord had to do, that this was his mission. The healing, the raising of the dead, the casting out of... Uh, uh, evil spirits. The production of wine from water. Of food to feed, fi feed 5,000. The control of the elements. All of that paled in comparison to what the Lord was going to have to go through the Thursday night and Friday, which is Good Friday. You ask yourself, what is true? If you've turned away from the gospel of Jesus Christ, ask yourself why. Ask yourself, if I look, can I see the light of Christ burning within me. My friends, I promise you, and I do so because an apostle has promised the same, and I know of myself, that if you look to the light, you will see it no matter how jaded you are, no matter how downtrodden by life you are, no matter how angry you are at God for something that happened. If you turn to see him and to see his light, desiring to see the light when all else is darkness, I promise you that you will see it. On this eve of the day that the Lord celebrated the Last Supper, before taking upon himself 
the sins of the world. I testify to you that he lives. He overcame death, and because he did, we will also. The victory has already been won. Whose jersey are you wearing? This is my view from the rim. Have a great night.